Thanks for attending Organic Matters. I just do a little fun report on myself. I'm in the thousands now. I'm on a, a number of podcasts. I don't know that you're getting me on one of the radio stations that I broadcast on, uh, namely out west, at least here, uh, KVLF. But I'm also available on Apple Podcast and Stitcher and iHeart and Spotify. I can't remember. You know, once you get on there, they kind of move you around. But I think I've got about eight different podcast outlets now. So appreciate you tuning in. To begin this show, I do want to talk about something that has to do with Remember, Organic Matters, I've always said this story. It used to be just, um, I used to have a joke for the friend of mine that's been on for 20 years. Like, well, somewhat like me. He was maybe on uh, a year or two after I started. But he said all we do every week is tell people how to plant tomatoes. And it is organic, incidentally. I only do organic approaches. But that's kind of funny, but it's not. But we've, I've gone a long way on my show now. Now I, we try to talk a little bit about climate change every week. We talk about what's really healthy in the way of eating. We talk about how do you store your foods. Uh, I've gotten really big in fermentation. I have a number of recipes I can get for you in fermenting a lot of fruits and vegetables. Most people don't even realize you, you can actually can or ferment. But this week, we're going to talk about one of my favorite foods. Of course, it's vegetables. There's no doubt vegetables are good for you, regardless of how they're prepared almost yet. Cooking vegetables, to me especially, I used to think everything was always best if it was kept raw. But actually, cooking vegetables sometimes bring out more nutrients than if you don't cook them. As it turns out, they're really more nutritious if you give them some heat. So I'm going to listen here, just four or five of them, to get the most out of your homemade meals. Let, let's do five. We're going to do five veggies that actually, first, they're enhanced in flavor in some ways, number one. Number two, it makes them easier to digest. And certainly because they're easier to digest, you get more of nutrition that your body needs. Well, let's start with one of my favorites, but it's certainly not the favorite of everybody. Raw broccoli is delicious I, for dips or just in your salads. But cooking those that, that crunchy vegetable actually is the best move. In an article I found in 2018, it was shown after they, in an essence, disassembled the nutritions after they cooked broccoli, that it actually increased the amount of alpha trocopherol, the fancy word for vitamin E, which incidentally by itself, it has very, very antioxidant properties. And when properly cooked, it actually retains more beta-carotene. That's a plant pigment that we can use in our body. Again, the common name is vitamin A. Then if you don't cook it, 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 it loosens it up a little bit. It makes it more, the fancy word is, bioavailable. So any way you eat broccoli is great. I know there's a percentage. It's, a, it's one of those, sort of like cilantro. Either you love it or you hate it. But it is good for you. It, it do make it part of your diet. The next vegetable I'm going to talk about, spinach. You know, we all remember, even at my age and even the young kids, I think, Popeye. Well, he, he always popped his can open and poured it down. When spinach is cooked, the heat actually reduces the activity of an, a real enzyme that actually starts breaking down the vitamin E when it's not cooked. But the cooking method slows down those enzymes. The research also notes that cooking breaks down the cell walls of the actual spinach leaf itself, 
releasing more vitamin E and beta carotene again and allows those vitamins become more what we call bioavailable. And this vegetable should come as no surprise. Tomatoes are rich in a thing called lycopene. And it's a really strong antioxidant. They did research about it before and after cooking the tomato. And it literally improves your cardiovascular system. And to some degree, folks, if you're getting up there like me, there's some proof that shows lycopene actually improves your cognitive function. In other words, how much you think. Fancy word again, the bioavailability of lycopene increases when tomatoes are cooked. You even get a little extra point if you add some olive oil to that cooked tomato because vitamin A and the lycopenes are what we call oil broken down, not water broken down. Making both of them easier for your body to absorb and use. Green bell peppers. Cooking green bell peppers is the way to go. A 2012 study found that heat increases that pepper's ability to what we call bind bile acids. In other words, it works in your intestinal tract, helping reduce cholesterol levels, which most of us need to do for sure, as they are a risk of heart disease. To up your bell pepper intake, I personally, I love to add them to omelets or make stuffed peppers out of them. I use them, I, I use hot peppers also, but when I make my pico or my salsas, if I got a bell, red bell pepper, green bell pepper, I just add them in. They just add extra flavor, but more importantly than that, they certainly add to the availability of the vitamins and minerals that are in the bell pepper. And finally, let's talk mushrooms. While raw mushrooms are are high in antioxidants on their own, cooking actually does take them up a notch. In a study that was just finished in 2017, researchers found that quickly steaming, and here's something I used to not talk about, or microwaving mushrooms increases their level of antioxidants. That includes a vitamin we all know is very important. That's vitamin C. So start trying mushrooms in your soups. By all means, Cook them first if you want, and it is better if you do. Toss them in with your favorite salads. They add a special kind of flavor that I can't think of many other things. It's almost meaty. It's a whole different, if you've not been into mushrooms, it's kind of a whole different flavor than than you might be used to if you've only ever eaten them raw. And since I mentioned microwave, I've changed uh, 180 degrees from the old days. Uh, If you go back to my really old shows... I actually said microwaves were good for at least one thing, and that'd be a boat anchor, because they were very heavy for their size. What new science shows used properly, they actually, in a number of cases, especially with vegetables and fruits, retain retain more of the vital nutrients that are in those plants than any other way you can cook them except maybe steaming. So if you steam, the one thing that is not as helpful is boiling things. We've all been taught to boil our broccoli, boil everything. Boiling may not kill any more nutrients, but it takes them out. And unless you're going to drink the water from your boiled peas or your boiled beans or your boiled mushrooms, a good number of the nutrients that were there that's good for our bodies are actually going down the drain. So to sort of wrap this up, the point just being that I was always taught younger that raw was better, eat everything raw, have raw diets. Well, certainly the current science shows certain vegetables, and there are some fruits I will get into maybe next week, actually benefit from amount of heat. I'm not only going to say cooking, from a certain amount of heat. 
and thereby giving you a larger percentage of the nutrient that's been captured in that fruit or vegetable. Now for a total change, give you a rest, maybe not good rest, but a rest. Each week, I do what I call organic matters factoids. I I, kind of made up that, that sentence. But what they are is facts I find that I actually literally fact check to make sure it's correct and then feed it out into the public. Everybody should have to do that. A number of the radio stations and certainly a number of the TV stations, they never let the facts get in the way of a story that'll, that sort of reinforces their point of view, even if the story's totally false. So I try to check them every once in a while on a monthly basis. And usually at the top of the list is Fox News. They never even, I don't know if they ever, I don't know where they get their stories from. Then it's usually second is either a thing called Newsmax or CNN. And they seem to switch back and forth. One, two, three, three, one, two, whatever. But go fact check, folks. Whether you hear me, I, I do one thing different. If you ever want my fact checks, I used to actually list them. But now because I'm doing mostly podcasts and not writing as much, I, I, I will, if you'd like, either start quoting them or you can just write me at Nature Approved or Yahoo. I will give you the list. I usually do a minimum of three to find out, hey, is this really true? Are they really pulling the facts out of the story or are they making some stories up that aren't really about the facts? So try to think about that. That's the one thing I have the right to do here. This thing I do is not for profit. I don't owe anybody. I don't owe any advertisers. I don't owe any political party on either side. I do swing to the more liberal side, and I don't mean liberal in that sense. I swing to the more human side. Is the story better for the majority of the people? Is the story better for the environment? Is the story better for our earth? And if all those fit, then I think it's a true story, a true fact. By all means, it needs to be let out. But a number of them are just preposterously not true, and yet they, they promote it. And then there's a number of people out there that just don't do any checking. They're driving down the road, listening to the news. They're watching their TV at night. Whatever they hear, they think is a fact without ever, ever taking 10 minutes to go check it out. This very week, I received from a friend of mine a video uh, a guy that's pretty well known. His name is John Coleman. He was one of the men that helped start the, the what's now known as the Weather Channel. He was very, the word was charismatic. He was really fun to watch. Uh, one of his quote-unquote people call him the hippy-dippy weatherman because he was kind of entertaining. But they end up having to let him go from the very channel he helped to start because, again, he never let the facts get in the way of a good story. He happens to be not believe that 7,900 million, folks, that's 7.9 billion of us, can affect the health of our planet. Where do they think the plastics are coming from? Where do they think the carbon's coming from? Where do they think the fires are initiated because of the change that we've had in our world? He never let any of that get in the way and was finally discredited at the Weather Channel. He ended up at a small TV channel in somewhere in California, I think in San Diego. But they ran this three or four minute video and he's really being adamant about how bad uh, the facts were that we were not affecting climate change. One thing about that, the one that they ran was was already recorded in 2014. 
It's seven-year-old information, number one, and he never changed his mind, don't get me wrong. But they ran it as if it was brand new news. On This was on CNN this time, and it just wasn't the same facts that we knew seven years ago, number one. And this man, again, claimed to be a, he said, I am a weatherman, I am a scientist, I am a meteorologist. He really wasn't in the truest sense. He was a very interesting and fun weatherman, broadcaster, okay, forecaster. But he certainly was a science man or a science expert and the forerunning of his fields. He was just an entertainer. And yet we accepted it and I had people send it to me and, and talk to me about it on my website. And it just wasn't true. It's just we know more than that, folks. Ninety-seven percent of the scientists know more than that. And oh, and his claim was, oh yeah, we only pay them. The reason the scientists do this is because they get their money from the government to do their forecasting, and so they only tell you what the government wants you to hear. Well, first of all, only a very small percentage of the scientists that follow climate are in the United States. There are really some some more established science centers in Germany. Japan, China, almost all of Europe, especially France. So we're not paying everybody off over there, folks, all right, to just tell you that the weather's not any warmer because humans are here. Believe me, it is. 7,900 million of us, all of us putting out a few pounds a week. Every time you shave, every time you eat anything, every time you drive a car, you're putting some carbon out. It's impossible not to at this moment. Times 7.9 billion of us, time a couple pounds a day, add it up, look at the size of the earth and tell me that it's not having a permanent effect on our weather. Anyway, food for thought, my science for the week. Don't believe everything you hear. And the old saying is only believe half of what you see. Thanks for listening to Organic Matters.